Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we are here with our ongoing campaign, Horror on the Orient Express. And so we are just going to get directly to introductions. And in that case, I'm going to turn to my right. Hello, I'm Mike, and uh, I'm playing James Robert Fraser, uh, who has just read some uh, rather disturbing news in the local um, Milanese newspaper. Hmm. Yes, it seems there's a troubling incident that may have befallen someone you know. Um, And to uh, Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I may have developed a new habit. Um, ballroom dancing, perhaps um, shuffleboard. Definitely, definitely something innocuous. Yeah. So, well, it, it's quite a right, dear. All of the ladies of society are doing it. Um, at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I'm wondering which habit that Lady E is talking about. If it's innocuous and of ladies, is it like cricket? Maybe a nun's habit. Mm, I highly doubt that. Um, to Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I sense a splitting of the party coming soon. Hmm. My, my, what could possibly happen after a split of the party? Uh, and last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney, and... Um... Yeah, who knows what'll happen. Well, I mean, I surely don't. Uh, So when last we left our investigators, they had just checked into their hotel in Milan. They had a slight, uh, we'll say, conversation with some men in some very crisp black shirts. And then, uh, oh, Mr. Frazier got a terrible piece of news that came across in the afternoon paper there. It seems that the opera star, Miss Caterina Cavallero, may have been abducted right from the train station in Milan, not but 24 hours ago. And so as they've settled into their hotel room, just getting the bags from the porters, the group of investigators are going to have to determine what, if anything, they might do with such information. Uh, Well, Mr. Fraser would, uh, would like to do a couple of things. Um, He'd like to go back to the station um, and make some discreet inquiries uh, as to whether there were any witnesses um, to Miss Cavallero um, leaving the train um, and anyone she might have met in the station or spoken to in the station. Somebody must have seen something, even if they're perhaps not particularly uh, uh, willing to uh, come forward to the authorities and talk about it. They might be... uh, persuaded to speak to a private citizen and the other thing he'd like to do is uh, go to La Scala um, and see if he can uh, speak to the musical director there um, Arturo Toscanini 
and uh, see if uh, there's any pertinent, relevant information that he might uh, have in the matter. Hmm. Interesting. So, I suppose then, what would the rest of you be doing? If, if, if it's true that Mr. Fraser is going to just simply drop bags and abscond off to the train station, Mr. Griffith, are you planning on going with him in that regard? Once we get everyone situated in the hotel and the uh, special suitcase secured, um, actually both special suitcases. <laughs> Thank secured, you for the clarification. <laughs> we will go ahead. I believe that the two of us will need to go to the theater and speak to some people. Of course, I do not speak Italian, so I will only be speaking in percussive tones. Mm, yes, well, you're not the only one that doesn't speak Italian. Although, um, likely before you leave, though, before really anybody leaves, your friend and medical assistant, Paul, is probably going to especially want to walk uh, through any sort of bandages that he might have to change out, especially yours, Miss Bellinger, um, given the wound on your thigh from earlier. While it's mostly healed, it's likely going to need to be redressed, he would tell you. Oh, um, yes, of of course, Paul. Thank you for being sure to see to that. Sometimes I get so caught up in everything else that I I forget about these things entirely. Uh, it's not to worry. I just don't want... Uh, we don't want anything um, festering or, or um, <laughs> worse, even um, any sort of uh, staining that might happen you, uh, if you were to continue to move around and whatnot. Yes, Paul, staining is the worst of those two. Well, I have I have liniments for some things, but have you ever tried to get blood out of clothes? <laughs> uh, so if um if you would, then uh, perhaps um, uh, I'm happy to to take you in in this room here. Uh, he points to his you know the, the room that you have garnered for him, or or if you'd like me to come to. Your room and and um, kind of looks down at the carpet. Um, uh, Paul, I think your room would be fine. It's the closest. Of course, uh, if you just give me a, a few moments, I'll 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 I'll, um, I'll I'll be ready. He kind of shuffles off to the left and looks a little fraught. <laughs> so, Professor, tell me when you get into your your hotel room here in Milan, um, how much, if any, interest are you are you? Uh, giving this uh, the room your suitcases or your at least this one particular suitcase um, so Richard's becoming more and more suspicious as sort of things roll on um, he's going to have a good look around to see if the room is secure make sure there's no uh, connecting door uh, that might be sort of potentially a, a, another route into the room Um I think he'd have a good look around the, the cupboards to make sure, again, there's no uh, nothing sort of hiding there, whatever that might be. He doesn't know, but he'd want to check. Um, yeah, and if the room's got a fireplace, he'd uh, have a nice look around there, make sure there's no, uh, no sort of ways in through the fireplace. Yeah, this room is fairly well appointed. Some of the, the nicest parts about this hotel have been all of the artistry that's been put into all of all of the touches, right? The the fireplace is grand, even for uh, a room 
that maybe isn't maybe isn't big enough to hold it right so like the fireplace seems a little oversized it almost feels like this uh, creature that's waiting to just consume wood as it as it can get it um but yeah you can imagine if if it were necessary you could put together quite the fire in that sort of thing um, but you don't see anything untoward about the room other than that i mean the the only thing that's strange about it at least in your mind is that the, the fireplace is a little oversized the chimney as well interesting he will just casually see if he can have a look up the chimney see if he can see anything up there any light Mm, yes maybe a bit it is overcast interesting I mean just given your um, mathematical uh, stature um, as far as your understanding of mathematics a small enough person could could likely make their way down this if they really tried hmm so that, that alarms Richard and um, he's going to go about trying to I don't know, make the fireplace a bit safer so if there's any wood in a um, uh, yeah, a basket at the side he'd try and sort of maybe ram some of it up into the chimney um, not with the intention of stopping anybody because he probably wouldn't be able to do that but if they came down they'd probably make a bit of a noise yeah you, you, you find that there are there is a holder here for some of the, um, the the pan, the brush, the poker, that sort of thing here to the right. And if you move that just a little bit into the right fashion, it's wrought iron. It's not going to burn. Um, there's, there's no way they would get down properly if you set it right. I mean, they wouldn't be able to get down beyond it anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I think he'd do that then in that case. Okay. He'd try and find a place for the... Uh the suitcases as well so maybe there's a piece of furniture that he could uh, move out and put it under so if there's a chest of drawers perhaps pull that up um pull that out or pull the bottom drawer out pop it in the bottom and then put the, the drawer back in that sort of thing okay yeah you secret a few things away um it feels strange you didn't really feel like you had time to feel paranoid in Lausanne mm. but after the duke and after things you you'd seen in the dream realms and then oh, the business on the train with the the gunman it's changed you it's it's gotten into your skin and not to mention the things you've seen in your own dreams mm. nowhere is safe mm. so simon and mr fraser if the two of you are going to head to the train station um, what 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 um Mr. Fraser would like to do before we head off anywhere um is obviously first make sure everyone is is settled into their uh, accommodation and make sure Lady Elizabeth has everything she needs. Um, he also would like to spend a little bit of time going through this uh, this Italian phrase book that he's got um, and basically memorizing as much of it as he can um, just g- going through the pages reading reading the words trying to uh, get a sense of what they might, might sound like so that uh, he can at least communicate on the very basic level and he might understand one or two words in a, in a conversation to get the idea about what uh, is either being said to him or if he overhears a conversation that might mm-hmm. be of relevance. He might be able to catch a, a few words and, and understand them. He, uh, he has a, a, an exceptionally good memory for uh, the printed page um, so you know, ho- hopefully he should be able to just kind of 
leaf through the uh, the phrase book and at least gain some very very loose and basic um, understanding of the sim- simple hellos goodbyes uh, a cup of tea if you please yeah I think what I'll do is this uh, Miss Treasure has a didactic memory it's a different language so here's what I'd like just a simple uh, intelligence roll and what I'm going to allow you to do is retain perhaps about twice as much as you might normally be able to read simply because your brain keys in especially on written word because you've, you've done so much reading. And so I think that's likely uh, the best way to, to describe it game term wise. But that said, the hand of fate will put you at advantage for it. Oh, okay. Splendid. Thank you very much. Hand of fate. So intelligence check. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a bonus die on this. Is this correct? You are, sir. Uh, so uh, the roll I made there is 32. Okay. So we'll say that in the time spent while people are getting settled, while you're preparing to go down to the station, you begin an almost an almost a mechanical way of going through and 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 reading the, over these words and saying the English translation and saying the Italian word, mm-hmm. just so that way you can piece them together and you form this ladder system in your head where if this word gets said, this is what this means and this is likely the conversational response. And you just, throughout repetition for over these next couple of minutes, you get into this sort of collective reading and understanding and remembering and you can feel it take hold I'd expect to spend like half an hour or an hour or so um, doing this, and uh, and if he wants to say something as well, uh, he he should um, he, he would hopefully be able to uh, picture in his mind the uh, the English phrase that he wants to say, and then be able to see the um, the written Italian and make some sort of a stab at saying it out loud himself once he knows what how the some of the pronunciation mm. works. Okay. Just so that he's not completely um, word blind in in Italy. Yeah, the probably the first one he's going to key in is going to be permissio, because you're going to want to say excuse me to get people's attention. And so, for those of you who are in these conjoined spaces, especially you, Lady Elizabeth, hearing Mister Fraser go through his preparatory work is probably something that you you have seen before, especially when you've had societal events when um, people from different countries have, have come by the estate and uh, he's had to prepare to greet others in their own native languages as best he can. So you know that he's preparing for something. Well, I'd rather have an idea of what he's preparing for. I just want to have a cup of tea and do some reading. I'm not in much of a mood for going anywhere and engaging in shenanigans. Very well. I have re- researched. So uh, on that what are you reading? What are you researching? Uh, I want to go through my Bible that I have that Mother insisted I bring, uh, searching through for references to demons and, and things like that to see if any of them line up with Fraser's description. And then I want to look at some of the occult texts I brought with me just to get some ideas about this copper um, that the professor mentioned because I haven't heard of, of anything happening with that before. So I, I, I want to find out what was happening on, on the train mm. if I can. So that that's my intent. There is something that you remember 
now that you're sitting down and maybe now since the <laughs> the rush of um, the medication that mm-hmm. Paul has given you, you picked up a book in Lausanne. Mm-hmm. One that you pilfered is the wrong word. You wouldn't use such a dirty word. You you relieved the library of a book that no one had claimed to. They didn't want it anyway. It needed a home. Right. It held a vast number of pages which you were having difficulties reading. And you'd think that, well, maybe. Why don't you give me a constitution roll? <laughs> Gee, I wonder how that's going to go. Um, okay. Nope. 65 over 50. Perhaps after Paul's done with Miss Bellinger, you could you could just let him know that you weren't feeling um, up to traveling, but but maybe um, you could use um, a bit more of that um, that cocaine for inspiration for reading. Well, yes. it'd be simple. You'd, you'd be a furious reader. Mm. You'd, you'd, I, I you'd could likely get so learn. much done. Oh, you could. You're convinced of it. Ah, mm. uh, yes. That's, and there's a doctor wouldn't prescribe it if there were side effects. So no, certainly not. Of course not. It can't be dangerous. Not so not well. And then you think Paul's not a doctor, but but clearly anybody anybody who's trying to become a doctor wouldn't make such a uncanny misstep mm. they would have to know that uh, they have to be safe to patients yes so so he he, he has to know what he's doing so uh, it, it can't be that bad speaking of what paul is doing so miss bellinger um paul begins to to <laughs> undress the wound and then redress it and you can see that he almost in a very uh, mechanical way he's very he's making sure very much to to be as respectful as possible given the placement of the thigh wound Mm -hmm. and you can tell that as he rebandages your your thigh he's being overcome by all of these he's trying he's he's struggling (laughs) not medically Uh uh-huh socially he is struggling yeah i was gonna tease paul and tell him that his hands were cold but um, if I if I see him um, struggling that way, I'd be, I would maybe uh, leave him be. Um, I don't want to embarrass Paul more. Okay, so let's. I'm going to make a uh, medicine roll for Paul okay. because you're being treated, and that's important. He treats your wounds just fine. It likely isn't as. He, he his hands maybe shake a little too much mm-hmm. this time, but he, he does he he does a fine job. He passes his his test as it were. You notice something that you'd noticed once before when he worked with your elbow. Paul has a very gentle touch. Yeah, like his hands are very smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just leave that there for you. Oh, thanks. He he finishes up and um, he then steps away, and you can see him almost turn back towards this tape side table he's using to physically turn away from you and give you the respect of being able to stand up and fix where your clothes are at. Yeah. And Maggie doesn't like... Maggie's not particularly shy. Uh, So as soon as he's done, she's like just getting ready to go. (laughs) We can't waste any time, Paul. So Paul spooks a little bit like he jumps. (laughs) Oh my, oh my. Uh... Paul, if you're going to do this for a living, you're really going to have to get used to seeing the 
the human body. Oh no no uh, I'm um I'm he turns back after a moment just a, a little bit and he makes sure that you're you you're in you're well sorted before he continues. I uh um I, I owe you very much for helping me get out of Charrington and um you are a you're a, you're a very nice looking woman and um I mean, Sherrington had a lot of um, patients that were in all sorts um, that were not as um, as beautiful as you. He kind of struggles out yeah. at the end. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. I, I won't let it happen again. Oh, it's fine. I, you have to get used to it, and I, I guess we'll just practice makes perfect, Paul. He gulps. <laughs> <laughs> turns back to his bag. I'm, uh, yes, yes, of course, of course. He puts his things away. Perhaps we'll do this again sometime, but maybe not too soon. <laughs> Paul collects himself and looks for like a some scotch. I don't know. <laughs> so after a battery of Italian words, Mr. Fraser. The two of you are finally prepared. I guess my question to Simon specifically is, is there any pieces of equipment that you're carrying that I need to be concerned with as a keeper? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, actually. And um, would, would we know what the um, uh, protocol is in, in Italy for carrying firearms, either concealed or otherwise in public? It's not Texas, so you likely would have to do it in private, I would imagine. You do know that it is commonplace for, especially, you'd both be aware of this a little bit, post-Mussolini being prime minister, is that the black shirts basically decide to pat down whomever they like, whenever they like. And so if they say at that day, yep, you can't have that, they're just going to take it from you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, do they? Do they carry arms themselves? You would know that some of them do. They use a lot of truncheons probably as well. They're not necessarily the type of people that you can just take you out and shoot you, mm. but it'd be likely more like that they would gang up on you. That's the, mm. the kind of tactics that they use. Okay. And, and the, uh, the the regular um, uh, law enforcement uh, authorities, uh, do the, uh, are they armed at this time in, in Italy? Mm, I don't think so. You'd likely know too that when you talk about firearms specifically, if you're going to have them on you, you'll probably need to declare them and get permits for them. <laughs> Unless it's a, an antique. So it's risky carrying a weapon, basically. Oh, yes. E either concealed or out, out in the open. I have a feeling they would frown on me trying to get a permit for the Thompson. <laughs> frown. That's, that's, uh, that's a funny word for no. Well, I will be carrying my pistol, my toothpick... And my banjo wire. Hmm. Mr. Fraser will purchase a walking stick, a nice one with a nice heavy he um, head on it. Hmm. He, he's it's quite a sore knee, so it's actually going to serve a dual purpose. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean the knee is probably still troubling a bit after the Duke had his, uh, we'll say, uh, immediate effect on such a body part. All right, gentlemen. The last thing I'll need to know from separating from the hotel is, Maggie, if 
the professor is doing professorial things and mm -hmm. uh, Lady Elizabeth is being a bookworm as she is wont to do. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Well, I actually was going to try to tempt Lady Elizabeth out of her room Ooh. with a little trip to the library. Mm. I know what she can and can't say no to. <laughs> oh, by all means, get your hooks into her. Not that she, not that she, you know, has to go or you seductress. Um, I yes. do think that that yes. would be maybe a good place to start out, and also that it would be very tempting for her. And I don't think I can make it there on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will be useless there, so I probably need her with me. Lady E on cocaine in a library. Nothing could go wrong. Well, I don't have the cocaine yet. She hasn't gotten it yet. We can work on that. <laughs> on the way. I would probably go to Lady Elizabeth's room to see if she wants to join me. Uh, uh, yes, who is it? A... Uh, Lady Elizabeth, it's me, Maggie. Um, please come in, Miss Bellinger. Have you Paul with you, perhaps? Um, no, but he is back in his room. Did you need me to snag him for yes, you? Yes, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Yes, I go to get Paul. You can knock on Paul's door. Paul, I know I said we wouldn't be meeting like this again. <laughs> Very soon, but I'm back. Um, for Lady Elizabeth, oh. she was uh, oh, wondering you, if you could come to her. Is she okay? He runs over to his bag. I, I mean, I, I think she's okay, but she must be feeling ill, though, if she wanted me to mm. fetch you. Mm, of course. He grabs his bag and then hustles back towards the door and tries to fix himself up a bit. I don't want to know why he has to do that. Well, you know, he's running around and he's trying to look smart. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll go back to Lady Elizabeth. Absolutely. Room. He walks right back with you. <laughs> oh, I have Paul with me this time. Ah, uh, do come in then. Ah, uh, um, yes, um, Lady, is everything all right? Yes, Paul. I was wondering if you could uh, provide me a bit more of that uh, medication you prescribed earlier. I'm feeling quite worn out and uh, have so much to do today. Hmm. And it helped so marvelously earlier. Well, um, it, well, well, we, hmm, let me think. Yes, it's very important, Lady Elizabeth. You understand that it, it's a it's a very powerful drug, and it should really only be used um, in, in the most dire of circumstances uh, to, um, to to lift one's spirits. It's it's also potentially uh, a, a little addictive and so I've only had it the one time it can't be addictive oh, right can't be addicted if you've only had it once of course um well I uh, I, I su suppose if if you're in insistent but but um uh, I will point out that um I give you I'll give you half as much as I gave you last time um just to be certain that it that it won't be something that becomes a an ongoing medication. That's fine. That's fine. I'm sure it will be more than within my capabilities to handle. Maggie, you see him set down his doctor bag and pull out 
a glass vial about three inches long. It's no more than maybe the width of a dime. And he slowly uncorks this black stopper to it and takes a very tiny medical instrument and ever so slightly apportions some onto uh, a nearby saucer. Likely one of the teas that <laughs> Lady Elizabeth is, is either enjoying or will be. He says uh, that... Um, now, as your um, temporary physician, I want to remind you, he tucks the vial back into the bag. Unless there's an extreme circumstance, it would be um, unfitting for me to prescribe anymore. Oh, that's fine. Uh, just just to get through the day, you know? I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, after I get a good night's sleep tonight, I shouldn't need it anymore anyway. Side-eye glance at the bag. Mm, you're thinking... Hmm... I could get a hold of that bag if I needed to, right? But I shouldn't need to. But if I did... I mean, if you did. If, if I and, did. And there it is. Mm -hmm. There's your medicine. And so I'll ingest it. Ah, there we are. It's just been such a difficult few days and all. Uh, it'll be fine. So, Maggie, make me a spot hidden roll. Okay. Paul does leave. Ooh, nope. 80 over 31. So it's not really something that anyone else notices, but for uh, Lady Elizabeth's benefit, there is a slight, almost pleasant trembling in your legs. You feel the burst of energy start this time rather than missing out on it last time. So, yeah, you absolutely want to go read some books. Oh, I, I take a deep breath. Ah, much better. There we go. So what was it you wanted, Miss Bellinger? Oh, um, well, I was wondering if you would like to accompany me to the library. library. Perhaps yes, we could yes, find yes, out books, yes. More. Yes, we could find out some more information, uh, perhaps. Yes, information. I'm very good at information. Just think of all the books I could read. Ooh, yes. Hmm. Yes, a lot of, uh, yes, I have tons of books there. Um, and I know you're quite astute at the library, so I thought we could go together. Yes, library says. I am feeling quite up to it now, I think. Uh, thanks to Paul, so let's go read some books. Yes, books. All right, so you two ladies um, hustle out. And for once, Miss Bellinger, Lady Elizabeth keeps up with you. And you're pacing. Uh, I need to get my hands on some of that cocaine. I have a wound. And he's holding back the good drugs. I mean, I would say this, given Miss Bellinger's time in America, it's likely undoubtedly true that she's run into oh, almost certainly, yeah. such sources before. Whether she's had any or not herself mm -hmm. is uh, something to commit to Probably. the record at some point. But if, uh, but yeah, it seems like Paul's, Paul absconded from Paris with some rather interesting narcotics. We will raid the cookie jar. <laughs> later tonight all right gentlemen the train station is not far and the nice part for you all is that with your new cane or your new walking stick or however you'd like to term it mm -hmm. you feel a little bit more stately actually mr fraser it not only helps you walk uh, and is potentially a um, cudgel if it needs be 
gives you a, a bit more of a rarefied air. You feel a little bit more proud. It's a strange feeling walking with a cane. Mr. Fraser's mind is cast back somewhat to that uh, peculiar dream he had um, while they were on the train um, and he, he was transmogrified into uh, something slightly different to his his normal attire and his normal um, position um, uh, as, he, as he walks down the down the street with maybe a, a little more of a swagger to his step than usual. So, um, yes, I, I... We're heading to the station to investigate this. Should we have gone by the Opera House first? Um, I, I, I don't know that it makes an awful lot of difference, really. All, all I'm wanting to do here just now is see if I can uh, find somebody who uh, perhaps uh, uh, saw Miss Cavallero uh, when she uh, disembarked from the train and my my deep suspicion is that, uh, if not necessarily the, the the specific individuals that we saw in the station ourselves, but uh, uh, perhaps another couple of uh, black shirts uh, have perhaps escorted her for her own safety, as they might put it, away from the station. Uh, I wonder, though, about her entourage. I was about to ask that. You see, that's what I was thinking is... She was traveling with an entourage, and shouldn't they have seen what happened to her on the station? Yes, indeed. I think, actually, you've got a very good point there. Perhaps you're right. Perhaps we should pay a visit to the uh, uh, to the Opera House first. Uh, I'll be honest with you as well. Uh, La Scala is, is a building that I've been very keen to see uh, ever since I found out that we were going on this journey. It has a, a great uh, history and uh, is, is a, well, it's a something of a of a, a high point i suppose for me of, of the trip it's a very famous opera house well two other things just just thinking you know I'm, I'm thinking out loud on this one so um let's go to the opera house find her entourage uh she was traveling with people who we actually have met before on the train they may even remember us right true yes yes i mean we spent a little bit of time uh, with them during the recital so uh, I, I mean, the uh, uh, the wine was flowing, of course, but uh, yes, I would imagine uh, one or two of them will, will almost certainly recognize our faces. And one of them might be willing to translate us around the lawn while we investigate? Just an idea. That is an excellent proposition, Mr. Griffith. Absolutely, yes. Yes, that's a very, very good thinking indeed. Um, I, would, I, I would speculate that... Uh, um, more than one of those will, will those that travelled with her will uh, uh, will be fluent in Italian. Um, yes, yes. Well, let, let's do that then. Yes, uh, 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 agreed. Yes, we'll, we'll go to the opera house first, and uh, we'll see what we can find out there. Well, the opera house, luckily for the two of you, is not far at all. The nice part about being this deep in Milan is that uh, the opera house is, quite frankly, just down the way. With you being at the Grand Hotel and with the Opera House being maybe two blocks, really, it's a short walk down there. Yes, I'm just looking at the scale on the, the, the map here and my, my guidebook that I have, and it would seem it's uh, around 800 meters or so Yeah, from, uh, from where we are. So you get a nice walk through the downtown street there of Milan, and you, you do key on, both of you key in on something a little bit. And that is that there is a fair amount of talking going on at street level, but it seems to be just a strange array of chit-chat, really. There's no real deep 
conversations happening. Yes, stuff about the weather. By each other, yes, exchanging pleasantries, that that kind of thing. Yeah, if that, it's to to Mister Fraser. I mean, you would expect that uh, such that the heart of such a district would have some depth to it. Are there many of the black shirts sort of hanging around on street corners or patrolling, watching people? Do you, is there a feeling of that kind of uh, surveillance? There is, uh, most definitely. Street corners, you see a few of them in cars driving around. It feels like, especially with the streets here, it feels like they're in the bloodstream of the city. They're part and parcel to everything that is going on. They can be seen occasionally stopping people in the street, uh, talking to them. There are members of their um, uniformed group that are doing uh, propaganda readings, firing up crowds uh, in the sense that they get a few people to listen and to remind them who's in charge. And you do see that phrase that you saw um, painted on the cardboard attached to that man from the Swiss side of the tunnel that Mussolini is always right. That is a phrase you do not have to search for words for, Mr. Fraser, because now you know what it means. Have you noticed... Uh, I'm sorry, can you... Uh, have you noticed, Simon, the uh, um, air of... Uh, well, the air of suspicion, I suppose, for want of a better word here. People are being very circumspect in their uh, conversations. Uh, I have the strong feeling that uh, people don't feel here that they can speak freely to one another they're always being watched and if they say something out of turn or something that could be interpreted as in any way as a critical of the uh, well, of the regime here then uh, well who knows maybe they fear they will be uh, disappeared themselves it ain't safe here it's simmering under the surface mm. which means that you and I will have to be circumspect Yes, and Miss Maggie will need to be distracted because otherwise she could scare all of us into with with her ramblings. Well, let's cross one bridge at a time, shall we? <laughs> Mr. Fraser, would you make me a psychology roll, please? Uh, I can, absolutely, yes. Is this on, on Simon to see whether he's got it in for Maggie? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not exactly. This is more on the environment you're in. Yeah, sure. That is a resounding fail at uh, 91 over 40. Uh, you do have the option to push, should you so choose. I think, bearing in mind the potential ramifications of a failed push and uh, the particular uh, atmosphere we're finding ourselves in, I think I'll just go with the missing whatever it is that's happened. Fair enough. Yes. So... When you arrive at the Opera House, first of all, uh, the Opera House is stunning. Uh, it is something that you have read about. Um, it is something that you are hoping to see the inside of. Um, you can see that a ton of work has been done. Just an absolute ton of work has been done on the outside of it, preparing for this production, right? So, very famously, this production is staged in Egypt. 
And so the outside of the building has been done up in just an absolute beautiful set of Egyptian colorings. So you see uh, flags and palms that have likely been pulled in from somewhere nearby. uh, And they've been made up into something that is truly spectacular. It looks like the entirety of Milan has had some hand in preparing La Scala for this event. Some sight, wouldn't you say, Simon, eh? Some sight. They don't do things by halves. It's mighty big. It's definitely bigger than anything I saw in West Virginia. Mm. Yes, that is definitely true. It does appear, anyway, that the front doors to the opera are shut, as it is not currently open. Um, At least the front doors are not open. That is maybe made fairly clear. Take a take a walk around, see if there's a, a box office that's open, or um, possibly even see if we can find a, a stage door. See if there's a okay any, anybody around that we could um, we could speak to to see if we can gain admittance. You walk around, you see that there is a stage door, but it is shut, uh, and there doesn't seem to be anyone sitting in the box office specifically. There's nobody about. Must be offices here, surely, uh, of some some kind. There can't be nobody here, surely. So, out of the stage door, while you guys are there, a young gentleman exits. Oh, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, uh, yeah, we. Uh, oui? uh, um, uh, 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 parliamo inglese. Uh, uh, oh no, he kind of makes pinches his hands together. Good, good. Um. Uh, parlez-vous français? Ah oui, oui, parlez-vous français? Ah eh oui. Um, uh, nous cherchons um, uh, Monsieur uh, uh, Monsieur le, le, le directeur um, um, uh, Arturo Toscanini. Um, uh, nous sommes uh, uh, des amis de uh, Caterina Cavallero. Ah, Cavallero. Uh, oui, oui, oui. Mm. He points back to the door and says in French, We have not seen her. Oui, 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 oui I understand, je comprends. Um, uh, et le, les amis de Mademoiselle Cavaliero, um, qui travaillent uh, ici, uh, who, who work here on uh, l'opéra, Aida. All right, so Spike, tell me, Mike, yes. who doesn't speak French, what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in rather rather haunting schoolboy French, uh, he, he's basically uh, wanting to ask: um, Are the friends of Miss Cavallero who uh, travelled to work on the opera um, are, are are they here? He replies to you in French: No, uh, we have not seen them. She has an apartment close by that they generally stay in. And uh, he points back up the street. Uh, le, le, le nombre, the number, uh, address. Mm-hmm. He gives it to you. Ah oui, mais, merci, merci beaucoup, merci, uh, grazie, <laughs> grazie, grazie, grazie. He goes about its business. Yeah, sure. Um, well, well, Simon, it, it appears that uh, they're staying at this ad- address here. What do you think? Should we, should we go there? Uh, yeah, I say that uh, we need to to first speak to them, speak to a witness, get us a translator, 
and then uh, begin some percussive investigations. Well, um, let's let's uh, let's play it uh, one one step at a time. If uh, if that becomes necessary, then I, I suppose uh, we may we may have to employ more heavy-handed tactics. But uh, uh, if we can, we'll start to, uh, as discreet as we can, shall we? Um, see where it see where it takes us. Just remember what happened last time you tried to talk to someone, a fascist. I I I, I remember very clearly, very clearly indeed. Well, we shall endeavour to uh, um, play it a, a little more intelligently this time, then, shall we? All right, Maggie. Why don't you uh, and Lady Elizabeth tell me what your aim is here in the Library of Milan? Well, I was thinking or hoping um, that we could maybe get a little breadcrumb of uh, information about whatever piece of the simulacrum was brought here going to do some research are you yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's what maggie's known for academics oh, clearly i mean uh-huh. as we all know right as we all know yeah yeah yep, yep, yep. okay so likely be um in a biblioteca as it would be called you get directed at the front desk because i assume you're going to ask them where the local libraries are, where the galleries mm-hmm. are, etc., um, and they yeah. di- they direct you to the uh, Sermani Library, which is they tell you uh, roughly southeast of the hotel. Okay, we can uh, make our way there. Come, come, no time uh, to waste. Uh, ladies, will you be needing a ride, or no, no, it's quite fine. I'm just... walking today. <laughs> just takes off briskly. The lo- longer we wait, the fewer books we have time to read. Come on. Yes, of course. Maybe maybe Maggie feels a little gypped that she didn't get any cocaine. What the heck? A little bit, yeah. I can't keep up now. The library itself is a... Actually, it's not as grand as you kind of expected Milan to have. Um, it's got a nice front to it. Um, Italian flag there waving... You see outside immediately something that catches your eye, specifically, ladies, is that there are three men with a wheelbarrow and a table. And in the wheelbarrow, there are several books in kind of this haphazard position. And in the table, one of these men are sorting the books. And at the end of the table, there are two men in black shirts who are deciding what goes in the wheelbarrow and what stays on the table books in a wheelbarrow who would do that goodness so uncultured i know where this is going well maggie has a suspicion of where this is going does she i can't imagine why maybe lady elizabeth yes miss bellinger oh wait would maggie notice this or would lady elizabeth point it out i think that lady elizabeth would probably notice it first just given her perceptions at the moment Mm mm-hmm but I'm sure that Maggie would notice three men in black shirts out front of the library sorting books and, and books being literally just without care tossed into a wheelbarrow. Yes, and being from the southern United States, Maggie's also no stranger to book burning. <laughs> so. That's correct. Lady Elizabeth, do you think they're going to be burning those books? What? Burning books? What? We're not in a barbaric nation. 
um, with Mussolini, uh, here, I, well, I wonder if they're, you know, censoring some information. Oh, well, we should find out more about that, shouldn't we? I'm just gonna march up there. Okay. You march right up to the table. Oh, no. No, Lady Elizabeth, don't <laughs> stop. Don't go. <laughs> is, okay. is Maggie just hanging back? I, I guess so. No, I guess I, I'll follow. I can't. I don't want her to die with one by her side. So you head up to the table, and uh, one of these one of these men who's standing here, uh, you know, assisting, basically standing around smoking cigarettes, uh, assisting his brethren in. Uh, dealing with these dastardly books he puts his hands on his hips and turns to you and gives you this incredulous look uh oh um do you speak english no french oui i speak your guttural tongue not as not as not as fine as the italian yes well i'm still learning that one thank you uh french isn't my guttural language but, all right, she's switching into French. Excuse me, being a uh, stranger to these parts, might I ask what you're doing? I'm not quite used to seeing uh, books in wheelbarrows. Oh, yes, we are cleaning this old place. Tons of books that uh, no one reads anymore, and um, quite frankly, some of them are uh, ones that need to be removed anyway. Oh, so no one reads them. Do they need a home? <laughs> yes, one of the men at the end of the table says, yeah, yes, to the fire pit. Oh. And just sort of this polite gasp. Uh, what? I would never. Books are meant to be read. Or at least to be kept on someone's bookshelf where people can look at them and know how smart you are. You hear from the same gentleman at the end of the table. Who needs books when we have the radio? Busy thing. I rarely listen to it. I could perhaps take some of these books off your hands, save you a bit of work. Uh, I'm not from here anyway, so... Hmm. No. Where, uh... Where did you, uh... Where did you come from? He seems suddenly interested. Oh, hither and yon. Where? Just traveling about at the moment. Hmm. Unescorted. Oh, no, I have an escort, thank you. Maggie takes one step forward. Two unescorted women. Uh, yes, I am escorting the lady today. Except I say that in the worst French possible. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been trying to, like, hear their conversation, and they're talking very fast, some of them, um, so it's hard to pick up everything. The man nearest to you says, if you're looking to get something from the library, I would get it quick. Since I'm up by the table, quick glance to see if there's anything that looks interesting to me personally. Sure. Hard spot hidden roll. Oh. Um, what is my spot hidden anyway? And um, I am I am going to give you disadvantage because you are in the throes. I thought that makes you sharper. Not necessarily. See, folks would, would want you to think that. Am, am I allowed to, to spend luck on this? It's a skill roll, yeah. 
Okay, so if I spend five points of luck, it's a hard success, even with the disadvantage. Sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ooh, look. There's a book. Mm-hmm. You find a book that, to the naked eye, probably doesn't mean anything. Um, but you find a, a book on Milan's history during the French Revolution. It's very specific. And it looks like there might be some interesting information in here. And it, this was mere minutes probably from a current burning pile of books somewhere. Hmm. Perhaps I could take that off your hands. He waves you away. It does not matter. Oh, thank you then. I'm going to grab the book. Okay. Are you guys going to continue on into the library? Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to constantly look slightly over my shoulder, very distressed at all the books they're, <laughs> they're looking to burn. Just like, yeah. we don't do such things in civilized countries. Well, and you're fairly certain that the civility of Italy is leaving it mm -hmm. rather rapidly. Mm. Okay, so what I would like the two of you to do, I guess, is give me an idea of how long you plan on spending inside the library today. As long as it takes. Yeah, as long as it takes slash until closing time, probably. Sure. Yeah. I I'm going to get as much out of my speed reading cocaine skills as I possibly can. Sure. Those might crash soon, though. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be in oh, trouble. We'll call a taxi. I would say quite a while. Um, we may might have to go get some a, s a snack for dinner, but we will stay. Hmm. Okay. For quite a while, if that's what it takes. So that's library use roll. Good skills here. I have an 80 in library use. That's 42 under 56. Woo! 39 under 80. Hard success. It's a little sad for the first hour or two in here. And it's mostly because the two of you in different circumstances go to different places inside the library. And where you're looking for a reference on something, you find an empty space on the shelf feels almost like this, there's a foul dentist at work here, taking out different teeth. Um, it's just the wrong time. But you do happen upon a couple of things of fairly reasonable interest. One note that you get on this place concerns specifically troop movements around that time. And they talk a lot about some correlative information that you found in, in Paris specifically when uh, places were raided that inventories were taken. And so you begin to get wrapped up in a story of a piece being bought from Dr. Smith's notes, uh, who evidently, this person evidently came to Milan. Fascinating. Uh, Miss Bellinger. Yes, Lady Elizabeth. I'm going to pass it over to her. What language is this book? Oh, clearly it's Italian. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, um, yes, Lady Elizabeth, I do not speak Italian. Oh, okay. I'll go back to reading it then. Oh, perhaps you can fill me in um, when you're done. Yeah, I, I fill, her, fill her in on what I've found as I'm hurriedly flipping, 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 flipping. You find a story about a gentleman named Giacomo. And Giacomo came after the Great War from Paris and it talks about him purchasing a rather strange series of art pieces. 
One of which was, you think, some dismantled statues. They had been cut or had been pieced out in some very specific terms. It hits your brain like wildfire, though, because to find another piece puts you that much closer to everything else coming into view. And talks about Giacomo living in Milan and talks about him being in the arts district. But it's unclear as to where he was specifically. And comparing it to Smith's notes is difficult, too, because all Smith said was that it was bought by someone. And Giacomo doesn't really have any last name listed here in the paperwork. So finding out who did it specifically is going to take a little bit more digging, it seems like. But we have the the year, right? Yeah, just after the Great War. So here it would have been 1917, 1918. The nice part about that for the two of you is that this isn't about revolutionary France time period. It's very recent. Can I look for any books that would reference the, the art sector or, or anything in that area from that particular year slash time and go looking for the name Giacomo or any other relative tidbits? Yeah. That's a hard library use roll. Oh, I just had one. Don't mm -hmm. fail me now. Clearly, Miss Bellinger, mm -hmm. if you're informed as to what she's looking for, mm -hmm. you could assist her in this regard. I would like to do that. I got a 36 under 80. Which is hard. A hard success. Which is what you needed, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yes. For clarifying. <laughs> it's my best skill. So you find a copy of a receipt in the back of this uh, art collection book that details the pieces themselves. It looks like it's just a half of the receipt. You get like a jagged cut along the bottom of it. Um, but like the, the half that isn't cut off completely does list an address in Milan. You're just lacking a name. Ah, well, we've got a place to start. Did you find anything, Miss Bellinger? Um, no. Ah, thank you for your assistance. Uh, and... Uh uh, you're welcome, yes. I was mostly pointing things out to you, so this is the teamwork. Yes, quite. Uh, I'm going to quickly poke my head into anything that might be in a cult section with the aim of shoving them into my bag. Ooh. If the black shirts are burning things, then forbidden knowledge is going to be at the top of their list to burn. So I want to rescue these poor, poor occult books from a fiery fate. Lady Elizabeth... If you're going to sneak things out of a library, you don't do so in a bag. You put them under your skirt. Really? Well, they won't check there. They might check your bag. Oh, that's true. Perhaps you can assist me in this. So what do I need to roll for this, Mike? Uh, <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, so, now I don't know if we're shoving things so, under Maggie's skirt so, or up Lady Elizabeth's, right, but I'm so assisting. I, I'm going to, <laughs> as Keeper, insist that you clarify... <laughs> whom is going to be holding the books. Okay. Well, how many books do we find first? Because I, I assume there's going to be a couple I've probably already read. Yeah. Just a couple you already have. I'll say, well, and we're going to find out. <laughs> I would say that there's probably two you find of note. Okay. Hmm. So, take one each, Miss Bellinger. 
sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I would like a sleight of hand roll. Oh god, that's not my best skill. I'm not using my hands. No, no, I but we're talking about pl- <laughs> We're talking about placement, Miss Bellinger. Uh, okay. I'm not debating whether or not you'll the strength of your thighs. What I am debating about was will anyone see you? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I have well, I am not I good have a at sleight of sleight of hand. Holy moly. I know. I don't know why I have a 45 in that, but I rolled a 27. (laughs) Cool, I'll roll a 76 over 20. That's awesome. Lady Elizabeth, you begin, and you're still, what, somewhat... No, probably, the coke's probably worn off by now, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're relatively even-keeled for this. And you find the, the most proper way it's it's like being back at some finishing schools and some some training that you had as a as a, a young lady it, it's about form it's about function and strength and maggie you get a little overzealous and you try to take maybe a couple more books than you should and it it's that the books are a little too wide you get you get a little overzealous and you can't hold it all together like at first and so you end up dropping one or two like on the way out you think you still yeah you're pretty sure you still have two there <laughs> at least you think and so what i'd like from both of you ladies is um i'm gonna say strength rolls oh no just to get out oh, of the, just, well, just, that's, that's my worst skill just to get out of the building i have the tables of turned how oh, the turn tables <laughs> oh wait never mind my strength is very low i didn't realize it oh I really want this book. Do I want to spend the luck on oh it? Oh my gosh. I rolled exactly a 35 and my skill is a 35, so we're good. I, I can spend luck on this, right? It's a, Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because <laughs> I really want that book. <laughs> so um, I'm not pushing on a 35. I'm just going to spend six points of luck. <laughs> Very well. Um, so you two, um, barring the librarian's strange glances... Slowly and methodically and properly, you begin to move out of the library and down the steps and then back out in the street where the black shirts have seemingly finished with their work for the day and are gone. The library of Milan, uh, you got in there with a few with a few extra books and you also learn something very important about each other that you didn't think you would know. You're both a couple of thieves. No, we already knew that. They didn't want the books anyway. We're just giving them a good home so they don't get used as kindling. We're setting them free. Well, free in my library, but yes. It's a better book. So I, I want to turn to um, Professor Courtney. Um, I assume that you two ladies are heading back to the hotel. Yes, with our contraband. Yeah. Yes, your contraband. Yeah. But like, we take the contraband out and then put it in the bag. Once oh, I, we're far I mean, enough away. would be improper to ask. So, Professor, I'd like to know how you're spending the balance of your day. So, I think Richard would have probably um, done his little trip around the room and made sure everything was safe and uh, secreted his various belongings around the place in uh, areas that he wouldn't think were were easily discoverable. Having sort of contented himself with that, he'd probably, um, I mean, he's not been uh, 
yeah, able to sort of write notes since the event on the train. So I think he mm. makes some good notes, um, as he always does with these things. There's a letter he keeps meaning to finish for Professor Smith. Um, so you probably give that some thought and then, uh, no, I won't bother with that. And uh, yeah, I think the professor would probably see if uh, if Maggie's around and uh, no doubt if he knocks at the door, he wouldn't get an answer. No, actually he wouldn't. No. Um, so he's probably thinking, well, you know, she's uh, probably resting with the... Uh, with that arm and all the rest of it, and uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll wander back to his room and he'll contemplate writing Professor Smith a letter again or finishing the letter that he started, and um, yeah, inevitably that question that's weighing on his mind or weigh on his mind again, and he'll be wondering, um, yeah, how how could he use this device to perhaps try and find these bits of the simulacrum, hmm. and. He'll start pondering over the colours of the lenses and he'll sort of think to himself, well, I know the green thing might have some sort of intuitive value, which would sort of line up with not really knowing and maybe planting a seed for a question to see if an answer would come back. And uh, pink one, I'm quite sure what that one does, so um, he might live dangerously and try that out when he gets an opportunity. Oh, really? Mm. And then he'll probably get a bit more bored. And think, well, I could just give it a go now. I mean, everyone, I don't know. Yeah. Mr. Fraser and Simon were off on some, I don't know, trip to an opera or something. Something maybe a little bit more art-centric than you might be interested in. Mm. All right. So. So, device in hand, um, are you going to then uh, attempt to work directly with the pink lens yeah so um as i say this time he's going to try and get in some sort of meditative state having planted the question where is the simulacrum Mm. and rather than try and directly influence what's going on here he's just going to try and will his way to an answer he doesn't quite know how he'd do that or quite what to think in a logical sense but he's going to try and trust the power of of intuition she's very uncomfortable with interesting well you take out the lens and you open the device and begin working it into position you work the pink lens over the left side of that spyglass like monocle and then begin to press it closer and closer to your face when it attaches you can feel almost the pressure change in the room a little bit and everything takes on a very rose colored look, especially out of your left eye. Your brain translates a little bit of that same rosy color on the right. But if you, if you close your left eye, you can see regularly out of the right. There's no color change. It's just this weird pan tone that's kind of put over from your left when you have both your eyes open. And why don't you make me a power roll? So, lucky green dice. Ooh. And they're lucky again. That's a 16, which is an extreme success. Okay. Uh, So roll a d6 for me. That's a five. 
spend five magic points. All right. And then you are looking for this piece of the simulacrum, yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's going to ask himself the question: Where can I? Where can I find these pieces? You feel your form stand up from the chair position that you're in and head towards the window. The nice part about the hotel that you have is that there's beautiful places to look down onto the streets of Milan and you feel everything almost move. As you move closer and closer to the window, it feels like everything around you is still until you get to the window. And it's as if the the streets of Milan are totally different. Uh, They're ravaged by broken cobblestones. The buildings here have been significantly damaged. You see a lot of a lot of kit that was used in the war is out on the streets. You start to hear in your left ear a hissing. Almost like gas escaping. A pressurized tube. And you get this rose-colored look over the streets of Milan. It reminds you very much of uh, the same type of feeling that you got in Paris when you looked back during the the revolution period. And you watch invariably as a lorry drives into the streets of Milan. A gentleman gets out. He's a little hard to make out, but he begins unloading boxes and boxes of items. And the hissing gets louder and louder. Richard will look around and see if he can work out what this where's this hissing coming from? What's what's making that noise? You turn left, the entire scene swims. Your vision feels like it's underwater. You turn left and you see out of the sharp ninety degree corner of your hotel room, there is a long and streaming cloud of gas. As you stare at it, the pink from the lens washes away. You see the purity there of this gas, this almost strange smoke. And there is this undeniable and low guttural growl that comes from that corner. And that is where I leave you tonight. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We'll see what happens next week. <laughs>